Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, beautiful. Still wishing you a happy new year, so happy to join with you today and to clearly see and know and feel and hear the truth that sets us free. Yes. (laughs) So let us join as we always do and begin with a blessing. I invite you to place your hand on your heart as we open ourselves to hear and see and feel and know the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're opening all of our inner senses to know the truth. We're grateful, we're thankful to join together for a holy purpose, which is our awakening. We're truly partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self and recognizing I am that I am. I am one with the I am presence of every being everywhere. One mind, one life. Yes, our very beingness is the beingness of God, and even the birds agree. We're grateful and we're thankful to open ourselves to insight, to wisdom, to clarity, to truly perceiving the truth. Yes, through all of our faculties, we're opening ourselves to be divinely guided and led to an awareness of the truth that is deeply healing and nourishing. We share the benefits of our expansion, our clarity, and our willingness with all beings because we're one with them. And we're grateful and thankful to open ourselves now to receive this clear insight and guidance. In gratitude, we let it be. Sharing the benefits with all, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm, yes. Well, I am excited about this year in my Masterful Living course, my year-long course. We're dedicating the year to being joyful. So many spiritual students that I talk to, they have great insight and, and wisdom and clarity. They have a great understanding of the truth, but they're still not that pervasive sense of joy. So more joy this year. This is what we're calling forth. And... Masterful Living, by the way, just registration just closed yesterday at midnight, and uh, we're off to a great start. I know we have a lot of Masterful Living people who listen to this radio broadcast, so hey. So uh, the Holy Spirit has guided me to the responsibility for sight section, which you've, if you've been listening to this broadcast for any length of time, you hear me quote it all the time, and uh, it's on page 448 in my version of the text, chapter 21, section 2, the responsibility for sight. And I'm telling you, if you just get this one section, your whole life will really dramatically change and become much easier much more beautiful, and but there's sometimes there's a learning curve, and this is very much tied to the early lessons of the workbook, and I think that's probably why Spirit guided it to me uh, now, guided me to it now, because of many people are starting the workbook again, and uh, or for the very first time, and so. Let's. Uh, this, the centerpiece of this section is this beautiful uh, little poem prayer that says, I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. 
so essentially what this is telling us is that the world is not happening to us. It's not being done to us. We're never victims of circumstance. We are, in fact, the dreamer of the dream, that our experience is an illusion, and we are the dreamer of the dream. And, like in lucid dreaming, we can shift things in the dream if we're willing to take 100% responsibility and to absolutely eliminate every shred of blame. So the only way we can ever, ever, ever get to the place of taking 100% responsibility and feel good about it is we've got to eliminate blame. And, of course, blame is the, the, the jail cell of the disempowered. It is where the unempowered people live. They live in blame. So the very second that your mind goes to blaming anyone for how you feel or what you think or what your experience is, no matter what you're thinking, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what your experience is, the second your mind goes to blaming anyone for your experience, you are headed down a path of misery. You're headed down a path of disempowerment. And you'll only experience more of it. And actually, that's a really good thing. Course in Miracles tells us that everything is valuable in our experience of learning. There's nothing that's pointless. There's no waste in God. It's just it's crazy to even think that there could be any waste. Anytime you think, what a waste, remind yourself, is it not possible for there to be any waste in the illusion? Nothing. You you can seem to waste time, but it's like um, the difference, how you use time, the use you make of your energy and your free will, will return you in an investment. So you decide the rate of return by how effectively you invest your energy, your time. Your, you can't really invest time, but it's energy. That you, your your activities, where you place your attention, that's always what you're investing. You're you're investing the mind of God in whatever you're choosing to think about, and your th- your thinking is what determines your feelings, and uh, your thinking and feeling is what determines your experience, and your the choices that you make are determining all of it. It's the choice of what you will think and the meaning that you make of things. So that's why A Course in Miracles lessons begin with, I've given everything in this room on the street with uh, the meaning that it has for me. And so when we blame anyone, we're not taking responsibility, never taking responsibility. Then uh, we're in the victim mode and we're just going to experience more of it so that we can quickly get to that point of saying, hey, this is no way to live. There must be a better way. And we can jump right into, okay, I've already proven that blame does not make me happy. It does not bring the happiness that I wish it would. It does not bring relief from my suffering the way I wish it would. The idea of blaming someone else actually decreases my happiness and increases my suffering. So I'm just going to invite you to turn within right now and just see, have you already blamed someone today for something? A couple of weeks ago I had some trouble with my coffee maker and I realized, oh, I just have to take responsibility for not doing it correctly. No blame, just like, oh, there it is, there's my learning. That's the attitude that I take to uh, most mishaps and uh, it just moves me right through into the learning and out the other side with ease and grace. But I sure understand how tempting it is to blame anyone that you've been blaming today, this week, this year. Anyone that you blame for how you feel, anyone that you blame for an illness, anyone that you blame for... Uh, your 
experience of lack and limitation, anyone that you blame. Well, if we blame anyone, of course we're not practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness is release of all judgment. Blame is judgment. So our happiness and our ability to be the happy learner completely depends on our ability to forgive. And that is our willingness to release the judgment. The judgment is the meaning that we make of things. So we can't have blame without having an opinion And all opinions are false, only truth is true. All beliefs are not truths. Because we don't believe the truth. We know the truth. We are the truth. The truth is our beingness. The truth is our eternality. The truth is, as it says in the beginning of the course, in the beginning of the text, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So that which is real exists eternally and cannot be threatened in any way. This is the truth. This is the truth that sets us free. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So while it might seem that we can be threatened, if you, if you are willing to take a deeper look and look at what is it that you really think is being threatened, is it your pride? Is it your body? Is it your beliefs about yourself? What can be threatened? Nothing real can be threatened. So our eternal, infinite, perfect, Christed nature can never be threatened, can never be diminished, can never be harmed, can never be endangered in any way. If you're willing to walk in this awareness this year, it will change your life. If When you feel threatened, when you feel afraid, if you can say, I must be believing something that's not true, I must... Now take responsibility for that which I see. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. Yes, indeed. One of the things that I say is, Uh, I am responsible for everything I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. And the Holy Spirit gave me that as a, a shorter version of this. I am responsible for everything I see. Everything is just as I wish it would be. So how could that possibly be so? Let's see if we can figure that out here. This section, Responsibility for Sight, Section 2, Chapter 21, begins with, We have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It's the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit for which he gives you everything, the very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected, yes, but not ambiguous. And if you choosing against it now will not be, it will not be because it is obscure, but rather that this little cost seemed in your judgment to be too much to pay for peace. This is the only thing you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. 
I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. In everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. I have to say that when I first got this, I am grateful that I really understood if I take responsibility that everything in my experience is a projection of my mind, if I take responsibility for the person who's treating me in a way I don't like instead of blaming them for it, if I take responsibility for putting myself in a situation where someone could attack me or hurt me or violate me or steal from me or be mean to me, if I take responsibility for putting myself in that situation and if I'm willing to recognize that this is perfectly designed for my learning, then this is the only thing that I need to do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin all to be given me. That, when I got that, I thought, this is the best thing in the whole world taking responsibility this is the best thing in the whole world thank you thank you for making it so plain like it says here you can can if you're interested you can't fail to completely understand but if you've got any blame if you're taking responsibility and feeling sad or bad about it you've got judgment in there You've got opinions in there, and that's what you're torturing yourself with. So we all find in our lifetime that we make tactical errors where our mind is not completely aligned with the Holy Spirit. So the choices we're making are from the ego, and it seems to create ripples where people are hurt, they're offended, they're bothered and upset. But the thing for us to look at is, were we intentionally trying to hurt or bother or offend them? Was that what we set out to do? And conversely, if someone seems to have offended us, is that what they set out to do? Or is that just a tactical error? We can give away the meaning that we made of things. We can open our hearts and minds to say, this is happening for my good. This is part of my plan. This is part of the script that was gently planned for me by one whose only interest is my good. Let me accept the good that has to be encoded into it. And the only way we can accept the good that's encoded into it is to take responsibility for it with no blame. 100% responsibility, zero blame. This is the path of healing. And I'm so grateful to share it with you. Hey, by the way, I'm going to go to the break now. And by the way, uh, my New Year's Intentions class, which is a four-week class, it's the first part of the Masterful Living curriculum, you can still get into that if you'd like. And uh, all the details are on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. New Year's Intentions, we take four weeks because we are laying an incredibly solid foundation for our best year ever. In the last few weeks, I've spent a lot of time talking with folks who've taken Masterful Living this past year. And, oh my goodness, the breakthroughs they've had, the life changes, they are not the same anymore. One one fellow said to me, I started the, the year and I didn't even realize I carried 100 pounds of shame. And I think I've only got one pound left. My whole life is different. My marriage is different. My relationship with... Uh, my family is different. So much can change in a year. Lay a solid foundation. This is the time now. If New Year's intentions is right for you, you'll know it. You'll feel it. Check it out at jenniferhadley.com. And here we go to our break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about responsibility for sight, seeing clearly. And you're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and we'll be right back.
you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Uh, We're listening to the birds here outside trying to speculate what kind of a bird. I can't quite see where they are. I've got a lot of trees here. Yes. Ah, Welcome back. Responsibility for sight is a life changer. And uh, I notice that the Holy Spirit, this is one section that the Holy Spirit guides me to just about every year. Uh, So helpful. And uh, to do a show about it in some way, shape, or form. And um, I'm going to kind of jump through some of this here. It's, It's such a great section. I really encourage you to study it. So it says here, Deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Just forget that. That is, you can only deceive yourself to believe that the world is happening to you. And the sooner you are willing to give up the thought that anything is happening to you instead of by you, the faster you will wake up to the truth. So this is the thing. This is one of the core messages of A Course in Miracles, that the longer you cling to the idea that the world is happening to you, that you don't have what it takes, that somehow you have to settle, that somehow managing and coping is your lot in life, uh, that if as long as we hold on to these thoughts, we're going to suffer. There's no way to stop the suffering as long as we cling to those thoughts. So it's the willingness to literally, as I say in every episode, partner up with higher Holy Spirit self and say, I'm willing. I'm willing to see clearly. I'm willing to know clearly. I'm willing to feel clearly and hear clearly the truth that sets me free. I am willing to be grateful for things just as they are, knowing that everything is just as I wish it would be. I'm willing to see how that could ever be true, even though my ego mind wants to reject everything and say, this is not how I want it to be. I hate this. I hate this world. I hate this life. I hate this marriage. I hate this job. I hate this. uh, I hate my body. Even though we have all of those thoughts rattling around, and believe me, I had them myself. I used to just think, I hate this world, I hate this life, I hate, <laughs> duh. I was really stuck like a hamster on a wheel with those thoughts. And so when I really got that all the complete escape from suffering was taking total responsibility and saying, okay, somehow, some way, I have called this into being for my learning, for the healing of my mind, and I am now going to get about my father's business of healing my mind. You know, one of the the things that, uh, one of the stories I love most from Jesus' parables is, of course, the prodigal son, which is the story of A Course in Miracles, where the prodigal son, we are returning home to our father's house. And one of the keys in that story that a lot of people don't seem to notice that for me uh, is absolutely just the pivot point of the story. So the prodigal son, in case you don't know, a quick version of it is the, the son, uh, the younger son says, okay, dad, I want to take off. I want to see the world. I'd like to have my inheritance now because I'd like to go spend it. <laughs> and he does. And he spends it having a great time enjoying himself with no thought to investing for the future. So he runs out of money, finds himself, he's uh, living amongst the pigs, fighting them for scraps. So, and you have to remember in that Jewish community, because Jesus was a Jew, uh, that the pigs were so low, you wouldn't even eat them, right? Because they just, they ate um, dirty food. So you wouldn't even eat a pig because it was so disgusting. And um, here's this Jew 
living amongst the pigs, fighting them for food scraps. So there's just no lower way to go. And in that position, living in the mud and the muck and the mire, the prodigal son realizes, you know what? I could return to my father's house. I could go home. I would be perhaps humiliated, having sunk so low. However, I could be a servant in my father's house, and I would have a better life than I have now. And then he got up and he went home. But And a lot of people skip over the fact that he said, I could be a servant in my father's house and have a better life than this. So living in the in and amongst the pigs, that's when your life, all you can see is the outer world. You're not awake to the inner world, right? So the prodigal son, he squandered his inheritance, or so he thought, on the fast living, the pleasures of life. And eventually he ran out of the money to sustain that life of pleasure. Because he wasn't putting anything in. He wasn't building anything. He was just spending, spending, spending. Well, if you've been deficit spending and you're living in the muck and the mire, you can go home to your father's house. And the thing is to go and be a servant. And honestly, what I can say, let me just give a testimony for a life of service. I... I can't think of a more enjoyable life than to be in service. So for me, I, I, I am in service. I, I founded the Power of Love Ministry, which is a nonprofit organization, for the very reason that I desired to tithe uh, everything and take only what I just needed to sustain myself. And so that's how I run the ministry. Everything is, all the income, all the donations, everything goes to the ministry. And I take just the barest I need for my daily living. And the rest goes into things like this radio broadcast. So in a very real sense, I'm uh, the biggest contributor to the Power of Love ministry. And... And that's how I would have it be. Uh, that's why I do so many free classes and free offerings, daily prayer, daily inspiration, because that's, that's my greatest joy is to be able to serve the light, to serve the light. And through it, all my needs are met. They really are. I feel fulfilled. I don't have an interest in acquiring wealth or property or these kinds of things. And so I'm quite content. I, I, there were, I can look back, you know, 10 years or so ago thinking, how will I ever be able to sustain myself as a minister, practitioner, teacher? How will I do that? How will I really make a living that way? I couldn't quite see it. And I was still working odd jobs and doing things and, uh, working for money. And, I really vowed, I do not wish to work for money anymore. I wish to work only for love. And that decision to be a servant in my father's house was life-changing for me. And uh, ever since then, I have felt carried, really, truly carried by the Spirit, carried to greater and greater awareness. But it was my decision to really be all in and it's not about getting anything from the world or in the world or even making things in the world. And yet, <laughs> when you are, I'm outputting so much, I'm constantly creating things in the world, but that's not the motivation for what I do. Not anymore. It's not to see what I can make. It's really, how am I to serve today? How do I serve the light today? So it all really changed for me in, in truth by this willingness to take total responsibility. And I've had a number of situations where 
um, the ego just like, I'm not taking responsibility for this. No way, this is their fault. You know, it was really, ego wanted to argue with me. And I just like, I am not prolonging the suffering. It feels so painful to think that someone else is responsible for this. I am responsible. Somehow, some way, this is the karmic result of something, some choices, some meaning I made, some decisions I made, something I've done that I have no recollection of. I don't need to recall it. That's of zero value or importance. The only thing for me now is to know that This is the perfect opportunity for me to learn. This is the perfect opportunity for me to forgive. And the willingness to forgive is the willingness to release the meaning we've made of it, to release the judgments and opinions. Anyone who says, I forgive, but is still clinging to the meaning they made of it, the interpretation, still telling that story, it's going to continue to suffer. There's no forgiveness there. If you still tell the story as though it's happened to you, rather than been done by you, you're feeling like a victim, you're in blame, you're not in responsibility, and you will continue to suffer and you struggle. So it says here, and I love this, It is impossible the Son of God be merely driven by events outside of him. It's impossible. It is impossible that happenings that come to him were not his choice. His power of decision is the determiner of every situation in which he seems to find himself by chance or accident. No accident nor chance is possible within the universe as God created it outside of which is nothing. God created the universe right there. There's no accident or chance possible. Suffer and you decided sin was your goal. So if you're suffering, it's because you're thinking someone else is a sinner. You are a sinner. Someone you're labeling as a sinner. Someone you're judging. Someone you're condemning. Someone you're bearing false witness against. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Anytime you are judging anyone, you're bearing false witness against them. You are refusing to see the truth about them. And you are condemning yourself to suffer. Be happy. And you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. This is the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit. And even this he gives to you to give yourself. For by this gift is given you the power to release your Savior, that he may give salvation unto you. So this is one of the strongest themes in A Course in Miracles, that our brothers and sisters are our salvation, because they give us the opportunity to surrender the meaning we've made of it, to forgive, to give up our judgment, to give up our condemnation. That's what makes them our Savior. When we're willing to see the Christ in our brothers and sisters, then we're more able to see it in ourselves every time. Begrudge not this little offering. Withhold it. And you keep the world as now you see it. So this is the thing. If you'd like to change your life, do not withhold. Do not withhold. Do not withhold seeing your brothers and sisters as the Christ. Be willing to drop your opinions. Everything that I see in this room only has the meaning that I've given to it. Let it fall away. Let it fall away. Let it fall away. Let it fall away. Never was so much given for so little. Remember, the promise is, if you're willing to take total responsibility and 0% blame, the promise is vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin. So if you're suffering, if you have physical pain, If you have emotional pain, if you have mental pain, this is the key. Never was given so much 
for so little. In the holy instant is this change, excuse me, in the holy instant is this exchange effected and maintained. So in the moment, you don't have to do anything more but have that willingness. Here is the world you do not want brought to the one you do. So you can give up this experience of the world of suffering. I know. This is what I have been doing. It works. Yet for this, the power of your wanting must first be recognized. You must accept its strength and not its weakness. You must perceive that what is strong enough to make a world can let it go and can accept correction if it's willing to see what it was, what, that it was wrong. So your mind, you have the power to create the world you think you see. And you have the power to let it go. The world you see is but the idle witness that you were right. This witness is insane. You trained it in its testimony. And as it gave it back to you, you listened and convinced yourself that what it saw was true. You did this to yourself. See only this and you will also see how circular the reasoning on which you are seeing rests. This was not given you. This was your gift to you and to your brother. Be willing then to have it taken from him and be replaced with truth. And as you look upon the change in him, it will be given and you, you to see it in yourself. See the Christ in your brother and you will see it in yourself. In the holy instant. It's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio. Remember my New Year's Intentions class? You can join us right now. Get the first class downloaded right now at jenniferhadley.com. I'll be right back. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Hey, 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 we're back. All right, so we're talking about the responsibility for sight, which was such a life changer for me. It says here, I'm going to jump down a little bit here. The Holy Spirit can give you faith in holiness and vision to see it easily enough. Well, that sounds pretty good. But you have not left open and unoccupied the altar where the gifts belong. Okay, so the gifts of our divinity, clear seeing, clear knowing, clear feeling, clear hearing, the gifts of our divinity, 
the ability to discern with God's eyes, divine sight, these gifts are found in our heart. That's what A Course in Miracles calls the altar. So you have to leave the altar unoccupied, it's telling us, for the because that's where the gifts belong. But if we're holding resentment and upset and hurt in our heart, well, that must be what we're interested in. So we're not interested in the gifts of our divinity. And this I see again and again and again and again, year after year, in teaching my year-long Masterful Living course, what I see is, and even my Finding Freedom, my boot camp class, that when people are willing to do the work, because this is what we focus on in both classes, is releasing the judgments, clearing off the altar, so that the gifts can be opened and experienced. The whole key is the responsibility for sight. 100% responsibility, no blame. No blame at all. So, the Holy Spirit can give you the divine gifts of faith and holiness and vision and happiness, release from pain and complete escape from sin. But, you have not left open and unoccupied where the altar, the altar where the gifts belong. Where they should be, you've set up your idols to something else. This other will, not divine will, which seems the ego will, which seems to tell you what must happen, you give reality, right? So we give reality to what we think we see, which is a projection. And what would show you otherwise must therefore seem unreal. So the promise of living in heaven, walking in heaven now, seems unreal. All that is asked of you is to make room for truth. That's it. That's all that's asked of you. That's the little willingness. You are not asked to make or do what lies beyond your understanding. You don't have to. You don't have to understand it all first. You just have to be willing to release the meaning you've made of things. All you are asked to do is to let it in, only to stop your interference with the judgments, only to stop your interference with what will happen of itself. The gifts of God will be revealed to you naturally, as long as you're not occupying the altar with your opinions and judgments. Simply to recognize again the presence of what you thought you gave away. See, we we think we've squandered the gifts of our inheritance, right? Like the prodigal son. The gifts of right seeing, clear knowing, clear perception. We think we've squandered them with all the meaning we've made of things. But as soon as we're willing to give it up, we realize, oh, none of it was real anyway. So it doesn't have any power to diminish our gifts, but only just our perception of our gifts. So it says, be willing for an instant to leave your altars free of what you placed upon them. And what is really there, you cannot fail to see. The holy instant is not an instant of creation, but of recognition. For recognition comes a vision and suspended judgment. Then only it is possible to look within and see what must be there, plainly in sight, and wholly independent of inference and judgment. Undoing is not your task. That's why I always say give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. But it is up to you to welcome it or not. Faith and desire go hand in hand, for everyone believes in what he wants. So faith and desire go hand in hand. Desire, that word, it really, it it means of the Father. So wanting is the craving, wanting, needing of the ego. Desire is a divine activity. So if you'd like to know the truth, desire to know the truth. Can you, in any way, shape, or form, convince yourself that you desire to know the truth 
when you believe your opinions and judgments? Of course not. If you believe your opinions and judgments, the meaning that you have made of things, you are blocking your divine gifts. And you know what? This is the whole key to seek first the kingdom and all else will be added unto you because the kingdom is those gifts. And when we treasure the gifts that have been given to us, our divine nature, our divine ability to see and know and feel and hear clearly the truth, when we desire that and only that, we will open up the altar and get all the vermin, all the judgments and opinions and all the meaning that we've made of it out of there. We're going to clean that that place out gratefully, rejoicing every step of the way. Now, this activity requires a great willingness to be mindful and to be mindful day in and day out. So this is precisely why I say that our our study in A Course in Miracles, that's really just like a, a drop in a bucket of spiritual practice. Spiritual practice, you lay a foundation, preferably in your morning, in prayer, in affirming what it is you truly desire. Aligning with the Holy Spirit, putting the Holy Spirit in charge. The Holy Spirit is the I Am Presence. It is your guardian angel. It is your higher self. It's all the different words for the same thing. That is with you at all times. You can never be without it. The answer is always available to you unless you treasure the meaning you've made of things, you see. This is the key. This is the realization that changes everything. It really does. Because then, you're, if you're interested and desiring only to know your life as God's life, it will be given to you in each and every moment. And there's your spiritual practice. And so, in my Finding Freedom, my Masterful Living classes, this is what we focus on. Clearing out the altar so that all that's left is the gifts of God, the inheritance. We find it's still there. It's still there. And that's what the prodigal son finds when he goes home. That he's welcomed home, that they welcome him with great celebration. There's no shaming. There's no blaming. His, his uh, brother... Uh, is is not as open-hearted, and it's just uh, the the brother is there in the story to show us that there will still be some people that hold on to things, but they don't have to. They don't have to. The father's holding nothing. The brother is the only one. You see, Father, Mother, God are welcoming the son back home. You see, it's important to recognize that part of the story. Faith and desire go hand in hand, for everyone believes in what he wants. We've already said that wishful thinking is how the ego deals with what it wants to make it so. There is no better demonstration of the power of wanting, and therefore of faith, to make its goals seem real and possible. Now, Course in Miracles says here, the power of wanting. And I, I teach the power of desire, not wanting. And I, I ascribe the wanting to the ego and desire to the spirit. So uh, here's where I, I differ from A Course in Miracles. It helps me if I think of wanting, wanting, wanting as being an activity. If I'm wanting, then I must not realize I already have it. It's within me. So, but when I go into move into desire of the of, uh, desire of the Father of my heart, then I'm looking within. I'm seeking within. It says here, faith in the unreal, to, faith in projections, leads to adjustments of reality to make it fit the goal of madness. The goal of sin induces the perception of a fearful world to justify its purpose. What you desire, you will see. And if its reality is false, you will uphold it by not realizing all the adjustments you have introduced 
to make it so. So if you are really paying attention, you'll notice that in order to believe that you don't have what it takes or that there's something wrong with you or that you're bad or you're unworthy or any of that, that the world is against you. If you, it takes a lot of constant judgment and opinion. You, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. This is why the truth sets you free. Because the truth is eternal, it's infinite, it's unchangeable. It's not exhausting to maintain it. It's a relief. It's a huge relief. And this is the benefit for taking 100% responsibility for what we see. Everything is just as I wish it would be. I am responsible for everything I see. Everything is just as I wish it would be. Now and forever. (laughs) So, there's a gift to start this year and make it a wholly, completely different year. Yes. (sighs) So, I'm going to pray us out here. And as, uh, as I do, if you appreciate this broadcast, if it's meaningful to you, won't you consider making a donation to the Power of Love Ministry or the Unity Online Network to support uh, this broadcast? Together we co-produce this show to bring it to you free. And this is the 222nd episode, I believe. So, 222. That's a lot of episodes for free for you now, right now, in the archive. (laughs) All right. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love to pray. You can donate to the Power of Love Ministry.net. Or at jenniferhadley.com. And if you go to jenniferhadley.com on the events page, check out all the free classes that are there. All right. With our hand on our heart, we're grateful and thankful to recognize the truth and to give thanks for the eternal truth that's always there offering us liberation. We are willing to take responsibility. We are grateful and thankful to surrender all blame. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and expansion with everyone. We joyfully allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Mwah.